Today's episode is going to be the murder of Corporal Eugene Cole, Somerset County Sheriff's Office, Maine. Corporal Cole had been with the Somerset Sheriff's Office about 13 years. He was 61 years of age. He was an Army veteran, been married to the same woman for 41 years, had four kids, one of them. One of his sons was a deputy with the Somerset Sheriff's Department. Now, it's a pretty big county, Somerset is. I guess you would say it's in the north-northwest part of Maine. Now, we're going to be focusing on a town town of Norwich Walk. Now, it's a little town. It's down there, very southern part of the county. Corporal Cole, when he was murdered, there hadn't been a shooting death of a police officer in almost 30 years in the state of Maine. And we're going to start our story out at a house in Norwich Walk. It's a big old wood frame house and it's at 16 Mercer Street. Now that address of 16 Mercer Street that's just about a good stone's throw away from the Kennebec River now there's some of the particulars about the killing that I'm not going to be able to fill in the blank on but I believe I got most of the story. It's not going to be a very pleasant story. But it's definitely a story worth telling. Now the following account of what happened, I got it from the Maine Supreme Court when they were reviewing an appeal made by the defendant after his trial and conviction. It's April 21st, 2018. Now, Corporal Cole and another deputy, they stopped the defendant. He's in his car. But now he's not driving, his girlfriend's driving. Well, of course, small town and 
even though the county's kind of big, it don't take long for deputies to know who's who. So they go and pull them over. Girlfriend's got a suspended license, which they knew she did. So they're going to lock her up. Now they couldn't let the defendant drive the car because he appeared to be under the influence of drugs which he I'm sure he was since he was a drug addict and also the vehicle's insurance had elapsed so now that the defendant he calls and a friend of his comes and picks him up well, now the car gets towed from the scene. Now, when they inventory in the car, because that's what you do when you're towing somebody's car, you inventory it so you know what's in it. So that way the owner can't come back and say something got stolen. Well, during their inventory, they find drugs in the car. The illegal kind. So Corporal Cole's supervisor tells him that other deputy, well, if you see that fella, y'all lock him up for them drugs that's in the car. It's the night of April 24th, 2018. Now the defendant was using drugs at a friend's house. I know that comes as a shock to no one. So then he asked another one of his friends. They'll drive him over to a house in Norwich Walk. He tells a friend he used to live over there for a while when he was growing up. And he wants to borrow one of the homeowner's cars because he's got a whole passel of guns that he wants to hide because he was going to have to be in court in Massachusetts the following day and he wanted to make sure that his weapons didn't get stolen now it's not going to shock you either when I tell you that the court case he's got in Massachusetts is for a gun and drugs. Yeah, in that case, the prosecutor asked the judge for a $10,000 bond and the judge, I guess the public defender sweet-talked the judge because he knocked it down to 5000 so our boy got to walk so now his friend says okay I'll drive you to Nor Norwich Walk and now by this time it's about 1.15, 1.30 in the morning on April 25th 2018 so when they pull up and park at the house The defendant and a friend of his in the 
car, they see Corporal Cole's police truck drive by real slow. I'm sure Corporal Cole, if if it wasn't a coincidence, it might have been that he knew this old boy had lived at that house before and that he might go back. Either way, they see the truck and it just keeps on to going real slow. So now the defendant, he's got a duffel bag in the in his friend's car. It's got all his guns in it. So he takes the duffel bag out and he put it ne- puts it uh, next to the the car he's planning on borrowing from the lady that lives there. Well, the friend drives off and the defendant, he climbs the steps of the house and tries to enter, but the door's locked. Now, the Supreme Court says it was the front door. I've looked at the front door, pictures of it and and the side door what I would call the side door but now that that door that I would call the side door it's over there in the little parking area where the homeowner parks her cars that's where the driveway is so I'm wondering if that's not what they're referring to that's what I think either way so this old fella he can't get in the house He's got a whole bag of guns sitting out there by a car. And what do you know? Corporal Cole comes up behind the defendant and asks him what his name is, and he tells him. Evidently, Corporal Cole, he drove down the street and parked his truck, snuck up on the defendant. Corporal Cole, he tells the defendant he's under arrest, and he grabs... uh, the defendant's wrist so he can handcuff him. Now the defendant, he pulls away and he draws a 9mm pistol from his waistband. It's a Ruger. Now Corporal Cole, he steps back, but when he does, he slips and he falls on a little grassy slope. Now there is a little grassy slope there on what I would think is be the front door, which sits right there on the street. It's not eight feet, ten feet off from the road. But now there's also a hill over there where that side uh, door is. That's where I'm thinking that he tripped and fell. Either way, he falls down. Well, he falls down, and the defendant just steps right up there and pops off around at pretty well point-blank range into the right side of the neck of Corporal Cole. So now after the defendant shot Corporal Cole, he gets his duffel bag full of guns and He gets in Corporal Cole's police truck. I'm not sure exactly where the truck was parked. 
but it was close enough that this fella found it. So now he... drives down the road just a little bit to a store and it's called the Cumberland Farms Store. It's just a two or three minute drive there from the house. And he goes in and he stole a bottle of water, some cigarettes, and a lighter. And he walks back out, he gets in the truck. Now, I'm not certain, but it looks like if he's going down on Martin Stream Road, he would have taken a left out of the parking lot there at Cumberland Farms, and he would have gotten on Mechanic Street there, kind of heading back west-southwest. And that Mechanic Street now, it runs into Martin Stream Road. So if that's the way he went, then he would have went back south on Martin Stream Road out of town. Now after he leaves the store, and he's driving along, he calls a friend. Tells him that he shot Corporal Cole. And he tells that friend, he says, you need to meet me on Martin Stream Road. Pick me up. And the defendant, he gets down there on Martin Stream Road and he hides the police truck behind the house. Now, that friend of his, He's driving to go pick up the defendant. He sees a deputy sheriff at the Cumberland Farm store taking a report on the shoplifting. And he tells that deputy, he says, look, the guy that shot Corporal Cole, he's down here on Martin Stream Road. Now, I'm assuming he went on and told him that he was heading down there to pick him up. The records don't indicate what that deputy did. Anyways, a friend went down there and met him and the defendant wanted to use his car. The friend said, nope, you can't. And the defendant asked to borrow his cell phone. Said he was going to go into the woods and use the phone to make a confession and kill himself. Which I think it sounds like a dandy plan. Well, the friend got the defendant in the car and let the defendant use his phone and he dropped him off about a half a mile further down the road right there near some railroad tracks
Now, at some point, somebody figures out that Corporal Cole is missing. And I still don't know what that deputy did when Mr. Dope Fiend's buddy stopped and told him about the shooting. Any event. So they call in state police. Of course, state police now, they're, they're going to come in strong. But now they're trying to locate Corporal Cole and they're trying to find the defendant. Now they talk to the defendant's friend that they gave him a ride. And he kind of shows them the area where he picked up his buddy. And then they located Corporal Cole's police truck. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that the friend that came to give him a, a ride off of Martin Stream is not the same friend that took the defendant over to 16 Mercer because that was the case the, the one that was at 16 Mercer well he saw Corporal Cole in his truck and he left the defendant there at that house so he would have known to told him that so this is two separate friends amazing how many friends you can have as a druggie so now they got this dual search going on. Find Corporal Cole and find the defendant. Now they decide to set up a command post at the fire station there in Norwich Walk. The fire station is right across the street from 16 Mercer where Corporal Cole's body's laying. Now April 25th There in the morning time, the owner of the house, she comes outside and she sees Corporal Cole's body laying in the yard. Now she told the news media that his body was laying behind the house, so I take that to mean that side door that I kept talking about where the cars are parked. That's an area you wouldn't see from the roadway. Now they worked that crime scene. They took Corporal Cole to the state medical examiner's office. Now according to the autopsy, the cause of death was a close contact gunshot wound to the right side of the neck, just below the ear which perforated the cervical spinal cord. So now it's just a straight manhunt. Now they brought in law enforcement officers, not only from all over the state of Maine, but from two neighboring states also sent people. So he had three states on this manhunt because our boys out there in some 
some nasty woods. Now, on April 28th, one of the teams, it's a multi-agency team, which is the best way when you've got this many agencies and you're not going to have the same radios or radio system. You want to take different officers from different units and put them together. That way you're assured you'll have communications with at least somebody in the group. Well, they came upon the defendant at a little cabin, and I'll have to give them kudos, I guess, for being so disciplined, because I certainly would have expected a man that shot and killed a police officer who's caught out in the deep woods. I would expect the news report to say after a short firefight, suspect was shot and killed resisting arrest. But they took him alive. Now, the news media had a field day. That picture, it shows the defendant. He's got his head raised up laying on the ground, and you can see somebody's got a handful of his hair holding his head up. Now, I love the response that the colonel or whatever his rank was was the state police had to say about that. He said that the defendant refused to raise his head up so he could get a picture because we they were going to take that picture and text it back to the command post so they could check and make sure it was the right person. I do love that answer. Anyways, I'm not going to go through all the rigmarole about his accusations that he was mistreated by the police during his arrest. He just should be thankful he was alive. Anyways, they clean him up. He has a trial. Jerry finds him guilty of murder, and he's given a life sentence. Now, a life sentence in the state of Maine, unlike in, say, Tennessee, where life does not mean life. Well, if you get life in Maine, that means that's no parole. Corporal Eugene Philip Cole. End of watch, April 25th, 2018.